Hey everyone, welcome back to Quality Matters. I'm your hostess, Darcy Chambers. I'm Kyle. And we are continuing our mini-series from the Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. We only have a couple of episodes left on that, and this is almost the last one. Yep, there you go. So we're going to talk about learner-controlled systems. That just sounds complicated. I was about to say it's so simple. It's exactly what it is. Then make it simple. It's a learner-controlled system. The learner controls. In today's global economy, quality matters. Benjamin Franklin once quipped, the bitterness of poor quality remains long after the sweetness of low price is forgotten. Quality Matters is here to talk about all things quality. So whether you're looking to improve your business, getting ready for an audit, or dealing with failed inspections, tune in, check us out, then get back to doing work that matters. <laughs> okay. So Stephen Covey was indirectly involved in a um, project with a large banking institution. He didn't name the banking institution. So again, I'm not keeping it from you, just not given. Um, they wanted to reevaluate their management training program. And what they currently had in place when he came on board was a um, two-week assignments in each of their 12 departments. So okay. 24 weeks, about six months. Training program, um, and they they wanted to change that. Okay, they he did throw out that it was like a seven hundred and fifty thousand dollar training program, but they didn't in the end say what that changed to, what the cost changed to. Oh, so okay. I, you know, I don't think that's worth mentioning. But I did mention it anyway. Well, there you go. <laughs> so. The team, Covey's team, first said, well, let's change it to a learner-controlled system. They kind of explained what that was, how it goes. and Explain it for everyone else. Well, basically, the in this case, the executives needed to come up with objectives. What exactly is it you want these trainees to know? Okay. And then we'll give that to them, and they'll go learn it on their own. Ah, okay. Okay. Well, when Covey and his team tried to sit down with the execs... Like an organized way to learn the hard way. I guess, but we'll get there. So he sat down with the executives and said, okay, what objectives, what do you really want these trainees to know? And they didn't really get very good answers. Probably not. It was vague, it was contradictory, and so then they realized that their program dealt with methods... And not really results. Um, So they really sat down with the executives and said, okay, then let's go through each department. What do you want them to know in the home loan department? What do you want them to know in this department? Each department, they eventually came up with 100 different objectives, which they consolidated and simplified down to 39 objectives. Okay. Executives, are you okay with this? Yes, great. Okay, what criteria... And resources do they have? How will we know they've met those objectives? So they came up with criteria, and then what resources do they have available? This is so familiar because when I talk about process mapping, well, what do you have with your process maps? You start with, on the left-hand side, you've got your inputs, you've got your resources. On the right-hand side, you've got your outputs, and what governs your outputs? Your goals and objectives. Okay. so he It likes all the, links together. He likes the process yes. maps. So they gave these objectives to trainees. They said, here's your objectives. Here's the criteria. Here's your resources, which included each other. Right. So go to it. 
It took the trainees three and a half weeks. Wow. To meet their objectives. They're obviously highly motivated because mm-hmm. as soon as they get the program done, then they start making their... I think they were probably paid through the management program. But maybe but, not the full amount. Right. Oh, I like that. So they're highly motivated yeah. to get this done. And plus, I would assume once you're out of the training program, then you have opportunity to keep moving up. Yep. Um, but <laughs> paradigm shift is hard. Mm-hmm. and um, it's Hard to say, too. And the executives didn't like it really and the, even though they helped come up with it right and, <laughs> and they couldn't say it so much but the basic gist was well we had to go through six months of training uh, they should too uh, yeah so yeah. they said well we're going to stay with this learner controlled system mm-hmm. but if you're not comfortable you don't think they learned everything mm-hmm. then let's hammer out some more objectives well quick story that sort of connects but it's just funny anyways so, my old company, they had this um, thing where all the new hires got thrown into the pond. Mm-hmm. So, that's the thing. If you're hired, you know, once your little two-week probationary period was over and you were officially part of the crew, they threw you into the pond. And that was your initiation. And that went really well until they threw uh, another guy who I became good Are friends with. Are you meaning, with. like, literally threw them into yeah, the pond? Yeah, literally chunked them into the pond. Okay. Fully clothed and everything. Just throw them into the pond. Okay. Ruined a few cell phones, but, you know, that's just what they did. And so every new hire got chunked into the pond. I stood up for myself and avoided it. Um, but other folks weren't so so lucky. That's very odd. Yeah. So you got chunked into the pond. And the fact that I was a computer guy, they didn't fight it too hard because I wasn't you know, part of the crew yet. Right. So they didn't really care that much about me, which whatever. So okay. another guy, <laughs> engineer, became good friends with him. He got chunked into the pond, except he couldn't swim for a lick and he sank like a rock and almost died. So somebody had to jump in and get him? Yeah, they had to jump in and get him. They thought he was like just messing around for the longest because he's like flopping and flailing. And <laughs> finally he went under and he didn't come back up. So they went to get him. Um, so I'm that not was. I'm sure how this connects to a learning I'm getting there. System. I'm getting there. So y- you want to talk about, and this was also like right after I started doing uh, health and safety stuff too. And so you want to talk about uh, some people complaining. They, they wanted to throw everyone new in the pond. And so every time someone new would get hired, I would hold a team meeting and tell them not to throw them in the pond. They had the way that they like to do things. They were all initiated in that way. So daggummit, the new guy's going to get initiated that way too. (laughs) I just, I don't even know what to say to that. It connects. It connects. They did six months of learning. These folks got thrown in the pond. It's the same. I'm sorry y'all had to listen to that. Okay, so the executives are not <laughs> shifting their paradigm very well. These these guys didn't either. And um, <clears throat> they went back to the drawing board and said, okay, let's hammer out some more objectives. I think they came up with eight more objectives that had very tough criteria. And the execs admitted before they left the room and before they gave it to the trainees, if the trainees can do this, they'll be better off than anyone that did the six months. Really? Okay. So they're all in agreement. They did it. Okay. The trainees did it. Ooh. And they met the objectives in unbelievable ways. He gave an example, you know, of one trainee that came to an executive and said, I've got these, I don't know, six criteria or six objectives that I still need to meet from this department. Two of them I knew from college. One I got from a friend. A couple I got Mm -hmm. from my college textbook. But I have this one more I need to spend a few hours with you to to meet. Mm -hmm. Can I sit down with you? Oh, wow. 
And and they were like, <laughs> okay. And so in the end, the six-month program was reduced to five weeks with significantly better results I love than, it. than the six-month program. And so it, this is a section in Stephen Covey's book where he's talking about win-win situations. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so it was a win-win because the bank, it, banking institution, was able to cut down their training program, have better qualified mm-hmm. new managers yeah. and um, get their trainees up and running faster. Yeah. Um, it's huge. It was huge. A high, the learners were highly motivated, as I mentioned mm-hmm. earlier, and um, the executives got to pick the criteria. I mean, just think about, you know, how much money organizations truly waste in training. Now, mm-hmm. I know line level guys are great to hear because they, they oftentimes hate going to these trainings, but anyone in the management position, you know, it, it's almost um, taboo to say that training was a waste. But yeah, no, it, it really, truly can be. I mean, I used to run into it myself as well. I'd go to do, say, like a crane and rigging training for the day, but only four out of 20 guys in the department were, you know, coming due soon. Well, I just train all 20 of them because that was more efficient for me as a safety manager to train them all. Um, but think about how many hours and how much money is being wasted. And that's just for a one day training that I'm talking about. We're mm-hmm. talking about months of training because not only do they have months of training, but those months that they're going through it, they're causing inefficiencies the whole way because mm-hmm. they don't know how to do it right yet. Mm-hmm. So you're getting not only months of them being effectively useless for some period of time, but they're also slowing down everyone else around them. Right. That's a huge choice. And then I think you were saying this. Then once they're hired as an assistant manager, they're making mistakes along the way because they didn't really learn what they needed to learn. Yeah, absolutely. And especially if, you know, by the end of that six month period and it's like, well, you spend a couple weeks here, you spend a couple weeks there. Like, what are they? Or I would bet that they're probably not being scored against anything at the end of it to say, hey, yeah, you actually learned the stuff we wanted you to learn over there. Whereas it's generally. Folks just show up and do the job. Mm-hmm. You know, I was talking to someone yesterday about how common it is, especially in a lot of these well service companies that have, have popped up and they're just all over the place, as they should be, because, you know, U.S. Uh, oil until last few weeks of the price war has been booming. Mm-hmm. Um, but they, they do a really good job of finding really, truly awesome and great people uh, to run those service teams and to, to get the job done. But then nothing's documented. But it's amazing how well organizations can survive without that documentation, without those mm-hmm. objectives, without knowing what good looks like. They just can do a good job to a point, but that effectiveness isn't there. And I think it's interesting. I feel like even public schools have shifted a little bit to this kind of system. You also, know, um, our son is in sixth grade, and of course, they can be a little more independent. <laughs> We're struggling with that independence yeah, right now. Just um, but, you know, they have this online platform. It's learning. Maybe you guys know it. But anyways, some of the teachers will just um, put the lessons and the work that's due with that unit or whatever right. Right. on the platform. And that's what they do in class. They look at the lessons and mm-hmm. the teacher is there as a facilitator. Yeah. And so you know what your objectives are. You know what the criteria is. And it's your job to get it done by the end of the week or by the end of the two weeks or mm-hmm. whatever. Um, and even a little bit before I quit teaching, it was kind of coming to that in mm-hmm. elementary, kind of, you know, having kids build their own 
binders or notebooks to show what they learned right. about things. And they had ways to do it. Um, you know, you could, I don't know, I'm about to simplify this way more, you know, draw a picture, write mm-hmm. a letter. Do, you know, you have right. options to choose to show how you learn what you learned. No, oh, that makes sense. Well, so then that's kind of where you're getting at with the, uh, the learner led on this is, you know, cause you can say learner led. And the first thing I thought of was, hey, yeah, let's watch our, our oldest, um, you know, figure out what he wants to learn. <laughs> so it's, it's, you know, but that's not the idea that, that, uh, the book and you're getting at here. It's the idea that you, you set boundaries for them mm-hmm. and you give them maybe a few rules to work with in. Mm-hmm. And you give them some objectives. And within that, you figure it out. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we talk all the time about the hard way is the best way to learn. So th- that's what I see in this is you, you're creating a structure where it is safe to learn mm-hmm. the hard way. Well, and he had talked earlier in the book, and I don't remember what section this is referencing. And you probably remember this because you mentioned it a few days ago where his son, he was going to let his son take over the yard. Yes. This was Stephen Covey. Uh-huh. And he basically did the same thing for him. Yeah. He said, you know, here's the yard. Right. Here's everything that has to be done. And here are your resources. And I'm not going to interfere. Right. Unless you ask me for help. Clean and green. Clean and green. <laughs> Clean and green. Yeah, Those are the objectives. That's Clean what he green. told his son. What do you Clean want? And green. Clean but and green. But he went over it with him uh-huh. and told him, you know, here's like what I usually weeks do. weeks talking yeah. about it. Mm-hmm. And so then he, Stephen Covey left it alone. Yeah. And he talked about how hard it was to leave it alone because his yard's turning brown and there's trash in the yard. That is the hardest part and is to just sees, watch someone do nothing. And he sees his kids playing with his friend uh-huh. and he keeps asking. And he even, he mentioned he broke his own rule. He asked his son, you know, hey yeah. Stevie or whatever, yeah. you know, how's the yard coming? And the kid's like, great, yeah, <laughs> you yeah. know, whatever. Until finally it was, you know, whatever day of the week right. and time that, you know, they had set aside that he had asked and he asked him for real. He said, how's it going? And the son just like broke down in yeah. tears and said, it's so hard, dad. <laughs> and, you know, dad said, well, I'm here. I'm right. one of the resources. Ask me. And so they got out there and they worked together and, but he, Stephen Covey, only did what the son asked him to do. Right. He didn't overstep his bounds. The yeah. son said, hey, can you pick up that trash? Can you do this for me? Mm-hmm. And um, so then the son became more autonomous yeah. in doing it and then became prideful yeah. because it was his job and he had done it well. But see, that's that's the tough part is, and this isn't true with everyone, but it is true with most people is if you can get someone to take pride in the work that they're doing, they'll do a fantastic job, mm-hmm. but that getting them to take pride in it, you can't order them to do that. No, no you can't order someone to care about what they're doing. No. Um, that, that's a, that's a tough one. Mm-hmm. It's, it, it is not easy, but once you can, I mean, you can get folks that are just happy to do this. I mean, same job for, for years and, and do it wonderfully. And we've mm-hmm. talked about that before with, you know, maybe folks that get promoted to management positions that, that uh, ought not get promoted is, you know, they might be the most fantastic person at the job they're doing. Don't take that away from them. They got something they can be proud in. Well, and I was thinking about that when I was getting ready for this episode, the leadership versus management and how you've got a higher quality management but maybe it comes to training that guy that's really great at, or girl, yeah. that's really great at their job, 
they you just need to set objectives and criteria to train them before they move up. That's true. You can't teach them how take, to problem solve. Yeah, you can't just take somebody that's really good yeah. at what they do and say, now come do this new job. But a, a system like this where you, you build this box around them with rules and framework, but you give them the freedom to screw up in a, in a, in a safe environment. Well, and I'm going to kind of dip my toe in another pond because it just crossed my mind. Should I chunky in it? No, don't. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> You'll sleep on the couch for a while if you do that. <laughs> um, man, now I forgot what I was going to say. Oh, it, it kind of makes me think, you know, so these trainees went to college for maybe five years if they're getting an MBA, I don't know, for a lot One of now. years. And then they still have to go through a training program. Yeah. So then it makes me feel like, do we really need college or do we just need quality training programs? Well, I myself, of course, have a degree. I've got a bachelor's management information systems. And I have a master's mm-hmm. as well. And truthfully, the, the most useful education that I've had from my career either came from myself just teaching myself things because it was fun. Um, a couple of auditor training courses that I've had, those were really, really useful. Um, a couple of Microsoft courses that I had, those were really useful. And I think maybe, um, just two college courses I really think stuck with me. Everything else probably was mostly a waste. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm sure it taught me certain ways to to think and work and and do stuff that was Mm -hmm. completely unrelated to the course I was taking. There's value in that. Mm -hmm. I don't deny there's value in that. But from the course content itself, there's really only a couple of courses that were useful. One was uh, an economics course, and the other one was a quantitative analysis. It's fun stuff. It's fun. If you say so. Yeah, it's like, yeah. But I think the same thing, you know, going back to when I was just getting my bachelor's, I, I think, I feel like by the time I was out of college, most of what I learned about how to teach was not really applicable anymore that mm-hmm. we were already shifting. Yeah. And that's, you know, that's the thing with teaching. It shifts pretty regularly into, you know, theories and schools of thoughts yeah. and how kids best learn. And that's just simply because all kids learn differently all the time. Well, and the world's <laughs> changing so much, so rapidly that it's more and more necessary every year than it was the year before to be able to do that. Yeah. And so I just think, you know, is college necessary? Yeah. Well, you know, by the time this gets aired, it will, you know, it'll be a few weeks from now. Mm-hmm. Um, so it kind of be interesting hindsight to, to look back. But with all the coronavirus stuff going around right now and everything being shut down, schools shut down, colleges mm-hmm. shut down, like, I wonder what shift this is going to cause in our educational system, not only for, you know, uh, K through 12, but colleges, especially college, how much do we really need the campus today? I, I, I am kind of hoping for a shift. Yeah. Um, we have three children, so our kids kind of run the spectrum of yep. those schools of thoughts and learning. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, you always have those kids that just would do better learning at home. Yeah. And, you know, not necessarily, I'm not going to homeschool my own kids. Right. I'm not going to 
pay to go find a charter school mm-hmm. to take them to or a private school or yeah. whatever. But if I had public school education available at home for my mm-hmm. children that I could guide them through, right. I think that would be an option for me. Yeah. So there's lots, lots, lots to be figured out. But uh, the through the 12 is more complex to solve. But college, I really, really wonder if it's if the university is going to be the centerpiece anymore. Is that hard to solve? Well, not I many parents the have the thing. option to be at home though. Well, that's, that's true. The problem. That is true. Um, but that's a parental option. It's not necessarily solving the problem. Like Did if it's capable and the parents are available to do it, then let them do it. I sense another podcast episode coming up soon. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thanks for listening guys. Hope Thank you found you. it interesting.